0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to episode six of Epic Cash Twitter Spaces. Thank you all for joining on. I'm your host, Jam, and today we'll be discussing how E1 will bring Epic Cash to the masses and what the latest around E1 is. Now, I figure I'm starting to sound like a broken record saying this, so this could be the last time, but as always, today's episode will be recorded, so... If you're uncomfortable with speaking, I would suggest to stay muted for the session. If you haven't yet, then please do give this basis a retweet and share this on any social media that you can make use of, or you do make use of, you know, let's spread the word of this podcast, but more importantly, let's spread the word of Epic Cash. So with that said, let's get right into the news and updates for the week. So I'd actually like to start today with some news that's a little bit different because it doesn't directly relate to Epic Cash, but more about a piece of generic news that came out earlier this week. And that was the Coinbase SEC investigation. So the SEC are investigating Coinbase for allegedly listing nine securities on their platform. Now, an Australian digital assets lawyer called Michael Bessina did an interview recently on the matter and stated that Coinbase could face substantial fines. And of course, we don't need Michael to tell us that this could have a domino effect with other exchanges listing these tokens also. So, for example, if Coinbase and Binance started to be seriously investigated by the SEC for this matter, then you know it has the potential to send chill waves right through the entire market that we haven't seen for a number of years now the reason i'm bringing this up is that unless the sec pull off a few shady stunts which of course i wouldn't put past them then epic cash we don't need to worry anytime soon as being class as of security and the reason being is i think most of us know we had no ico no pre-mine, no VCs, and no corporation, amongst a few other bits and bobs. Now, these strategic choices were planned well in advance, and it has actually resulted in Epic Cash scoring a very high negative rating on the Crypto Rating Council rating system, which, of course, is a good thing in the context of ever being classed as a security. So, in other words, I think what I'm trying to say is, If you're invested in Epic Cash, there's no need to worry. You can put your feet up and just relax. Those that meticulously planned out Epic Cash thought about the threat of this years ago. And now we might actually starting to see some of these predictions turn into a reality. Now, moving on, Batuhan has been running a campaign throughout the week to raise money for the projects that he will be doing for Epic Cash over the next three months. These projects would include making at least 35 videos, a target to increase the Turkish Telegram group to over 300 members, to translate any documentation that hasn't yet been translated into Turkish, and a few more other projects as well. Now, Batuhan is a well known member. excuse me and he's continuing to do some great work for the project so if you could spare even a few epic it would go a long way in supporting him on his journey throughout the next three months and the last piece of news i'd like to touch upon this week isn't really news but it's something i'd like to provide a little more emphasis on and that was a comment that was made on the show yesterday but before I do, for those who would like to discuss any news and updates, if you could send in your requests to speak now, and then you can chime in straight away once I've, I've finished this last point, if that's OK. So the comment was actually a friend of Uncle V's in the business world, and it was a very simple <clears throat> yet very meaningful statement of what we as a project need to achieve. Excuse me, I'm having a few problems here. And that was to achieve mass adoption, you need the masses. Now, in order for us to achieve mass adoption, we're going to need more Uncle V's. We're going to need more Batu Hans. We're going to need more Kim's, a.k.a. Bad Wolves. We'll need more mother truckers. There are so many people that I could name as prime examples that I'll be here for the next 20 minutes reading all of the names out. So I think you guys get my point. So I think what I'm trying to say is it would be great to see community members continue to step up and get an oar into the water, because that's what we need to do to keep moving Epic Cash forward every day. From a personal perspective, if you're looking to start creating content about Epic Cash, I know I speak for both myself and Uncle V that we'd be willing and very happy to help you get started. <clears throat> but anyway, I've, I've said my piece for the news this week. So would anybody like to chime in at all with any news and comments for the week?
1: Hi, sorry, I couldn't find the button because I was already a speaker, so I hope that's okay. Um, I just wanted to add, when you were talking about Coinbase, And the problems that they've had, Binance had similar problems in Canada. So um, the SEC wanted, (coughs) excuse me, you seem to be catchy for the throat problems. Um, The SEC wanted to audit them. And they just blatantly said no in Ontario. That was the SEC in Ontario. So Binance is no longer in Ontario. The rest of Canada, you can use it. I just thought that might be a nice add to the, the Coinbase. It's not the first time. Not up here, anyway.
0: No, thanks for that, Kim. I actually wasn't aware of that. So thanks for providing that update. So okay, so there's always already problems obviously in Canada. Um and, and yeah, like I mentioned, it was kind of my, my thoughts for this week is Coinbase and Binance and obviously FTX as well. Those are the three go-to exchanges from my understanding in the crypto space. And you know, if Coinbase and Binance potentially has an issue with these Nine securities, alleged securities, I may add. It could, um, it really could provide a lot of issues in terms of people leaving the markets. Uh, I think we've discussed numerous times on the problems that Tether could cause and, and their relationship with FTX as well, in terms of Sam Sam Bankman Freed. Um, so, I don't know whether I want to hope that this this plays out or not, because obviously it, for Epic Cash, it, it's fine from a selfish perspective, but. For the average investor, it's um, it could be it could be a little bit catastrophic. So I, w- I would rather it doesn't come into fruition. But regardless of which which what which way it happens, you know we're okay as Epic Cash.
1: Um, I I also thought sorry it might be good to add it's not always just. well, sorry, the Securities Commission. So we had Binance, and right at the same time as uh, we had all the trouble with Binance, um, we had trouble with CoinSquare as well. But that was not the SEC in Ontario, that was the CRA. So the um, Binance, the the SEC in Ontario went after them, and CoinSquare, the CRA, so that's all of Canada, uh, went after them and ended up getting them to disclose disclose clients and to go back, uh, I don't know, to 2014, I think to start to disclose clients and other information. And they fought them for a while and eventually came to an agreement. So another just FYI, it's not always the SEC that can get us or, or can get our information. Not sure. that that really, it's not as if effect Epic in the same way, of course, but they are kind of flexing their muscles in different ways.
0: No, that makes sense. Sure. Okay, well, if there's nobody else to chime in for the week, um, I will start with today's topic. And as we all know, that will be how will E1 bring the masses to Epic Cash? And what's the latest news with E1? So for those who are either tuning in live today or are listening to this on repeat that are not so familiar with Epic Cash as a project, in basic terminology, could we first talk about what? E1 is exactly? Is it a coin or a token? Would Would someone like to take us through that at the basic level?
2: Yeah, I can take that one. Hey, Mike, morning. how are you? Morning, everybody. So uh, E1 is an ERC-20 token. Um, we don't know exactly which chains it's going to ride on yet. Um, ultimately, we want to have it ride on everything. Um, but uh, uh, in descending order of market share that we need to cover, um, Avalanche or not Avalanche, Ethereum is the biggest, of course. Um, uh, Avalanche has a, a strong future. Uh, a lot of people think Solana um, is going to be a player, and they certainly are today. Um, uh, let me think what else. Uh, Binance Smart Chain uh, has a big ecosystem around it. Um, Essentially, uh, the reason that we need to uh, plug into these other chains um, and have E1 live as a token um, is because the Epic chain itself doesn't have smart contract capabilities um, to do things that uh, systems uh, like Ethereum can. So by by wrapping Epic into an E1 token, um, it lets it ride around on other blockchains. So E1 is a token that contains a single Epic coin inside.
0: Okay, thanks for that, Max. Thanks for that. Oh, yeah, thanks for that. I thought I was muted then. Thanks for that basic introduction, Max. I appreciate it. So would any now that we know and understand what E1 is, would anyone like to talk us through what value E1 will bring to the crypto dollar USD and how it will provide you know, part of the backbone for EUSD loans to become not only trustworthy, but, you know, for it to be able to flourish as a medium of exchange, you know, what value does E1 bring to, to EUSD as well? So, okay, so from my understanding, um What E1 will bring is actually part of the redemption option for EUSD. So if we would like to redeem some of our Epic or or E1, of course, wrapped Epic, then we could redeem the E1. Uh, Sorry, we would um, take the EUSD and then redeem E1. That's my understanding.
2: Yeah, let me, let, let me speak to that because uh, it gets uh, confusing and it's important to, to talk about what we mean uh, by these terms. So um, uh, uh, if you have an Epic coin, you can wrap it into an E1 token. That's also known as minting. <clears throat> so uh, this terminology exists in systems such as uh, uh, REN, uh, REN, REN BTC. Uh, there's about two dozen different uh, bridging systems that we've been benchmarking. So you you mint or wrap your coin into your Epic coin into an E1 token. And then the E1 token rides around on Avalanche, Binance Smart Chain, Ethereum, whatever, um, and you do uh, various things with it. The, obviously, the, the most fun thing that you could do is use it as collateral to issue yourself an eUSD loan. Um, that's probably the uh, uh, primary use case, certainly the main one. Um, so you'd be able to uh, uh, to, to take that e one token, uh, once you want to get it back into Epic form and unwrap it, Um, unwrap is also known as a burn. So when you burn or unwrap the token, um, it reveals the coin inside. So imagine if somebody mailed you an envelope that once you open it up, it has a physical coin inside. Um, That's kind of uh, what we're doing here. So um, the E1 token is an input into the EUSD creation process.
0: Okay, and I, I've heard you mention a number of times that <clears throat> there's you know north of more than fifty blockchains that we can target. I think I think the number you've mentioned is fifty six, give or take. Is there particular excitement or a particular target on you know three specific blockchains that you would like to get on? I imagine because E one is a wrapped ERC twenty token that Ethereum <laughs> will be one of those three.
2: Yeah, Ethereum, Ethereum for sure, that's the big one. Uh, the question is which, which other ones uh, will we cover? So uh, we're talking to a number of people um, and, and which, which bridging technology solution we go with determines which chains we will be able to get um, in what order. So for example, uh, Ren has Avalanche and Solana, uh, but Wanchain doesn't have either of those and has no plans to add Solana. So if we went with Ranchain, then we would be kind of cutting off the possibility of Solana. Um, So uh, basically, uh, the overall vision long term is that we want to connect Epic and uh, E1 into everywhere. Um, But uh, that will take some time. And so in the beginning, we're going to go number one based on market share, market size. So there's hundreds of billions of dollars in Ethereum land. So we want to access that uh, by focusing there, uh, there first. But longer term, um, it's not clear if Ethereum is going to stay the winner and there's some strong challengers. Ultimately, we don't want to have to have a crystal ball and pick the uh, winners out of all these competitors. Uh, We don't want to have to choose uh, who's going to win. We want to have a general solution that um uh no matter who wins we uh we are there um so it's it's a bit of a moving target um i would say the number one thing is market market cap but then uh secondary factor is whether we get community engagement and support whether they are receptive and want us to be there So, so for solana as an example they have all this big big time vc guys that are throwing huge money around and they don't really care about small fish. So they're not likely to be very interested. Whereas uh, somebody that's, uh, that, that's smaller or more niche um, may be, be more welcoming. So those are the two factors.
0: Now, you mentioned some bridges and I know that this has been discussed on Freeman U and a few other channels as well on Chat- Telegram. Is there anything that's hindering us from attacking multiple bridge options is it, is it funding is it from a technology standpoint
2: it's it's Mimblewimble, mimble-wimble is different than every other blockchain so we're uh, we're we're uh, trundling on new territory and uh, but, uh, this is so critical if you get one little thing wrong um, then it can all blow up we've all heard about um things like the wormhole uh, uh bridge uh failure or hack uh 320 million um uh, ronin i think got taken down for 650 million uh, something like that um so uh at, in best case scenario bridges are a point of friction and centralization um uh, but they work worst case scenario is they they blow up and there's all these uh these different trade-offs um uh for example, the the settlement time, how long it takes uh, to wrap and unwrap, uh, unwrap. The fee is, um, what happens to the fees when, uh, w- when the network gets congested. So for example, Solana has a bad habit of simply shutting down when the system gets overloaded. On Ethereum, it, uh, at least when it's proof of work, it doesn't shut down, but it, uh, uh, the gas fees go to the moon. So if your uh, business uh, use case is dependent on a fee being $2, and then all of a sudden it goes to $80, then maybe it'll wipe out five years of profits. Overnight, um, and that's no good. So uh, we're trying to take into account everything we've learned from the first 10 years of uh, or dozen years of this space um, and and not make any mistakes.
0: Sure. No, that makes sense. I actually wanted to go back to Ethereum because as we all know, Ethereum has got by far the most total value locked in the blockchain space. And I'm sure you're aware, Max, that Layer 2s are slowly but surely becoming more into the frame, let's say. Obviously, we've had Arbitrum and Optimism for a while, but I'm sure you're aware of other developments like ZK Sync and StarkNet. How, mm-hmm. how will that work? Will we be able to have the ability at some point to transact with E1 on, on Layer 2 so that you know the regular investor can avoid those Ethereum Layer 1 fees?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, we ultimately will get everywhere. Um, it's just a question of, of the route to get there. The problem with these various L2s is that they become kind of uh, uh, isolated liquidity islands. So, you take your value off of L1 and take it down to Optimism or uh, ZK Sync or Polygon or whichever one you like. And then, if you want to get it off uh, back up to L1 or onto another, L2, then uh, you you have to pay a bunch of gas. You have to wait. Uh, you have to go through friction uh, steps. Um, there's there's all kinds of of challenges. So nobody has uh, the perfect solution yet um, it's a very active area uh, <clears throat> of development uh that that i've been studying for for some years and will continue to um, but all we can do is all we can do and and just keep our eyes open and uh see what works and uh luckily we've got the hive mind so uh johnny and Alpha and Islo. Um, if, if anyone wants to join the E1 group, it's t.me slash Epic E1. There's a lot of great discussion going in there. Uh, with the hive mind that we have assembled, we'll definitely find, uh, the, the right solution. It's looking like because Mimblewimble is unique and, uh, because what we want to do, um, has to be robust into the trillions, um, and we have to handle a large variety of, uh, unique situations and edge cases that others don't, um, that we may end up building, building something novel. Um, so, uh, don't want to give too much specific detail on that, but it's it's a huge, huge area um, of focus. Essentially, E1. Um, once we have that ability to wrap Epic into tokens and bridge off, uh, bridge onto other blockchains, then it opens up all of uh, the future of DeFi on any chain. Basically, anything innovative and interesting that anyone in the whole space does will automatically uh, be relevant to us um, once once we do this. So it's a big upfront investment, uh, but once we do, then uh, we're set for a long, long time. And we also get to to call our own shots and control our own destiny because we're not subject to uh, uh, the gun to the head like uh, BitMart telling us what to do and you have to have a market maker and you have to do this and fill out these forms and turn your head and cough. So there's a lot of advantages doing it this way.
0: I've, got, I've actually got two follow-up questions to that. It was um, a case of actually, this is just, I don't know how important this actually is, but do you think more exchanges centralized or decentralized, do you think that they're actually more likely to list E1 instead of Epic? Oh, 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 by a factor of like a 1,000 to yeah, 1. Yeah, I thought I, thought um, I thought
2: was be the case. The, uh, so so uh, it, from, uh, uh, for someone to add a token is a button click. For someone to add Epic is a multi-month long engineering exercise. Uh, very expensive, uh, uh, very um, uh, risky if you do it wrong. Uh, they have to run through all kinds of security checks to make sure the software works uh, and, and talks to their systems properly and stuff. I mean, everybody here or most people here probably remember uh, what a nightmare it was with BitMart, how in the month or so we were on there, uh, the thing didn't even work most of the time. And our blockchain was fine, but they couldn't get, uh, <laughs> get their stuff to work. Um, and a lot of these hacks uh, where you, he- you hear about exchanges losing millions and hundreds of millions of dollars, is because uh, software is complex. And if you have all these moving parts and one is misconfigured, then it can leave a uh, door open for a uh, bad guy to, uh, to do something uh, bad. So um, uh, when it's just a token, it's a button click, nothing goes wrong. Um, <clears throat> uh, I think uh, it will really open, open the floodgates um, to anyone that, uh, uh, that wants to list.
0: Okay, and and that was leading into my next question, actually. And that was in terms of today we have an Epic Cash circulating supply of of circa 14.7 million. Do you think or what do people think about whether E1 will actually be more of the dominant token, let's say, instead of Epic Cash? Obviously, it's a wrapped Epic, so it's, it's basically the same thing. But do you actually foresee that there'll be more E1 circulating rather than Epic?
2: Well, there could only be 14.7 14, uh, uh, 14. million. So, let's say if people wrapped 2 million of them, then there would be 2 million E1 and 12.7 um, Epic. So, uh, there's no possibility for the supply to inflate based on this. Um, oh, no, is, no. Uh, I, I,
0: definitely, I definitely wasn't suggesting that Yeah, sorry. If I, oh, I oh,
2: oh. Planning. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like... If you think about it, uh, once we have EUSD in place, I don't know about you, but I plan to borrow as much EUSD as much as I can, <laughs> as fast as I can, <laughs> and leave the loans open and hope Jerome keeps printing. <laughs> so, uh, uh, like, I think I think there will be a lot of demand, and uh, uh, it will be um, uh, it, it will it will be a lot of them, and it'll be very interesting to see. Um, what the price differential turns out to be between the wrapped and uh, the unwrapped versions because uh, there's the, the, uh, <laughs> uh, the blockchain giveth and the blockchain taketh away. So uh, what you get from the wrapping is the ability to use it as collateral for E1 loans. But what you give up is privacy because The E1 token rides on surveillable blockchains. So if what you're doing, uh, you need privacy, then that means you you can't use that because everybody can see what you're doing. So we really can't know until uh, until we run the experiment. Be very interesting to find out.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so let's fast forward then to when E1 has already been created and it's now up and running. What are we looking forward to the most upon its implementation? Is it is it to be able to use E1 in DeFi? Is it simply trading it for other coins and tokens across multiple blockchains? Is it the USD factor that you just mentioned? Uh, what are people's thoughts on this? Somebody else want to jump in? I mean, whilst whilst we're waiting, then. So, I mean, specifically for me, I think it's probably DeFi. Uh, I've been loving DeFi since DeFi Summer, uh, probably approximately two years ago from next month, and um, I don't know just the ability to be able to, you know, potentially see E1 on an and Compound, and to be able to see it on. I know we can see it on Pancake Swap for now, and I think there's been historically we've had uh, a few. Well, that's on...
2: Pancake. Yes, yeah, Pancake Swap. That uh, that is a uh, trust-based product, a centralized. Trust-based product from a Fast Epic, the mining pool. So uh, we don't we don't uh, officially uh, endorse that because uh, even though we trust Robert, we don't think he's going to run away. Uh, he could. It's not a solid basis to uh, uh, to base our aspirations on. So um, <clears throat> what we have shows us the utility of being able to do things uh, like uh, automated market maker uh, farming pools and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I think uh, uh, what, what, what for me is most exciting is the fact that uh, we're going to be able to access dozens of DEXs on all these uh, different chains. So I'm looking at it here, uh, ApeSwap, Balancer, Bancorp, Beethoven X, uh, Dodo Finance, uh, Injective, Katana, <laughs> NightSwap, KyberSwap, Loopring, uh, Pangolin. I mean, the list goes on, but essentially it, every DEX on every chain that we cover becomes instantly um, o- open to us. And, and that's simply not the case now.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, for me, uh, like I mentioned, I don't know whether this will be able to be implemented and maybe you can give me a few more of the ins and outs, but maybe if, if there's an ability on rv to, you know, I don't know, just to get an interest when you when you put that up for collateral or if you're lending that out. I don't know whether that's in the, in the thinking. Yeah. Um, but that would be awesome. I've been a regular yeah. Aave user for a long time, so.
2: Yeah, yeah. Once once we're on Ethereum, uh, anybody can uh,
0: lend and borrow on Aave. So, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, Levy, I I know you just requested to speak, so if you'd like to chime in.
3: Yeah. Um, if we're talking about things to be excited about when E1 comes out, I mean, yeah, there's definitely tons. I think I'm most excited about EUSD. Um. That's probably going to be pretty legendary, I'm not going to lie. But, like, I was thinking about DeFi. <laughs> um, DeFi decentralized finance. You know, that, that wave happened, but I don't think there's been truly decentralized finance. And I think Epic, you know, the epic epicenter, is pretty much all of DeFi. I mean, and it's totally decentralized finance, you know, once E1 comes out and EUSD comes out and... Um, like yeah, that's when I think we'll have true DeFi. You know, I don't think we've seen that yet. So, I think that's going to be really sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. a
2: good. <clears throat> that's a good point. There's a there's a lot of uh, fake decentralized uh, stuff out there where if you peek under the hood, the dirty little secret is that it's uh, pretty centralized. Mm-hmm. And if you if you uh, peel back the onion and look at where. All of the uh, failures, the root cause of them, why they, these failures occur, it is those uh, th- those centralized bits. It's like a magnet uh, for for hackers.
3: Yeah, like Celsius and you know all these guys, they they go wrong. You know they 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 have not really done, they've not really made a good banking system or anything like that. So this is going to be cool. Um, I have a question though. Um, I heard after E1 comes out that EUSD I don't know I, I don't know how long it would take to make but that's what I'm curious about how long do you think EUSD um takes to will take to um create after E1 comes out I heard it's not going to be so long but I don't understand I don't know if it's like super complicated <laughs> or not too complicated so yeah
2: everything always takes a lot longer than I think so I don't want to give any specific promises. Um, <laughs> Software development is really unpredictable because you don't know, like once you encounter a bug or a roadblock, you don't know how long it's going to take uh, to solve it. Um, so that, that's just one of those kind of uh, unsolvable uh, problems. Um, yeah. But m- my, my sense is, I mean, uh, th- there's trade-offs between, um, between going fast and uh, going slower and having a more robust solution where we know it's not going to cause us any problems later. And sometimes you want to go fast and and just uh, okay, you know, it's going to be fine. Let's just push ahead. But other times, uh, you you really want to take no chances. Sometimes ninety nine point nine 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 percent is good enough, but other times it needs to be a hundred. And so we're just yeah. evaluating all those different trade offs. I mean, I'm, I'm as uh, as eager as anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, my my sense is um, that we will probably have. Um, some um, interim, like uh, field trial limited beta, uh, like EUSD exists and we're using it. But uh, the demand is for 1 million and we're letting it be only uh, 10,000 or 100,000 or something very small, just in case anything goes wrong, uh, that the damage is contained. I think we'll be uh, we'll be experimenting uh, probably uh, first or second quarter of next year, but it could be a lot sooner if we get lucky.
3: Okay, that's pretty cool. And um, yeah, you know, some, I'm looking in the E1 chat. You know, I'm just watching the the process go down. You know, the hive mind people. You know, bringing different options and different concerns, and I think it's just really cool how. Um, the way that, you know, it is being considered, it's taken very seriously. E1 is taken extremely seriously. And, um, you know, you guys are trying your best to essentially, you know, make it as safe as possible. You know, make wrapped epic, not, you know, no bugs or this, that. And that's just really important. You know, that's, that's the key importance. You can't have E1 come out and it be totally you know bugged and just screw up i don't know i heard some things about wrapped btc um i don't know but yeah so you're right slow is better you know slow and getting it right is better and that's the path that epic takes so it's well I'm, I'm
0: really glad you brought that up Levy, because that's a that, that is a potential risk and max and and todd i'm sure you guys are um planning meticulously as you usually do but what kind of risks are are there at the moment that we're we're tackling could you maybe touch on that so so wbtc is
2: a centralized permissioned uh, trust dependent product um, that is custodial based on the uh, coin holdings of bitgo so BitGo is a company that holds um, keys for, uh, for institutional clients, and they created the WBTC product as a way for people to, uh, to get leverage and create yield off of, of their holdings. That's the origin of WBTC. So um, the vulnerability there is uh, what happens if BitGo goes out of business or gets hacked or uh, gets sued um uh it's it gets it gets very messy. the uh, Wbtc token is only as good as bitGo itself. so there's uh, a centralized point of uh, failure there. but with E1 the uh, the keys will not be stored in as centralized custodians. Possession, they're stored on a decentralized network of nodes. So secure multi party computation um, spreads out the key fragments in little bits all over. And you would have to compromise all of these distributed servers and reassemble. Like imagine if you had 24 seed words and one word was uh, uh, spread out among 24 servers. Uh, Imagine kind of like that. Um, It's much more difficult to compromise 24 servers than uh than just the one
0: okay and in terms of a technical perspective apart from the the centralization of Bitcoin that you've mentioned is there is there anything that you foresee could could become an issue with with this process or or have we got it all under control and we can just sit back and relax and let the geniuses do their work
2: (laughs) it pays to be paranoid in this game we never know (laughs) we never know what we what we don't know yet um, and it's, it's always surprising. Um, so the first, the first rule of success is not to uh, fail. And so we can't make any, uh, any mistakes. So we design defensively, um, anticipate problems, uh, and try to prevent them before they, uh, they crop up. Um, if it was easy, everybody would do it.
0: Sure, that makes sense. And I just had a, another question actually coming back to the DeFi element. You mentioned a number of protocols, um, but just to mention a few like Uniswap, SushiSwap, Injector Protocol. I guess that the people who owned, for example, E1 and USDT um, and we wanted to add liquidity pairs, obviously it would be up to us to make that happen. Or would there be some sort of right. DAO would <clears throat> contribute to it and allow that liquidity to form?
2: Well, I mean, there's nothing preventing anyone from doing anything, uh, but if we want to pool our efforts together and organize, then we have the uh, tools and structure to be able to do that as well. So my focus right now is on getting the uh, raw materials in place for people to be able to even dream of doing those things. And uh, once we do, then I'm sure it'll be a natural process. Uh, people naturally tend to uh, find each other and, uh, and, and work together um, on, on similar aims. So I have to imagine that, that there will probably be some sort of uh, group effort, but it's just not clear what that will look like yet.
0: No, I mean, as as a community, as, as long as I've been involved, um, we always pull through one way or another and we find a way. So it's, it's definitely not something that concerns me personally. Um, but the last question I'd actually like to, to pose and hear everyone's thoughts on is, uh, as of right now, arguably the most important element that, that I would suggest. And for those that aren't aware, Epic Cash is a community funded project, as I mentioned earlier, and we've all mentioned numerous times. And that means that the development can take a little bit longer than other projects that are, you know, backed by venture capitalists with big pockets. But also means that the strength of the community has become, in my eyes, nothing short of second to none in the whole crypto space. So could we talk about, you know, the funding element of being able to actually make E1 come to fruition? You know, when do we need to raise the funds by how much do we need to raise exactly together as a community to make sure that this happens and, and how important this is that it does happen? Yeah,
2: so uh, the funding is not the, not the bottleneck. When uh, we threw out the 175k number a few months ago, that was based on going with Wanchain, but now uh, it looks like there's probably going to be better options. Um, and it may not even be uh, funding limited at all. Um, a lot of times, there's uh, grant programs uh, from people or uh, resources available. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. If you saw my desk right now, I'm working on stuff. Uh, the, there's, there's so much money out there uh, chasing deals, and uh, we've got a lot of hot opportunities going on. Um, so I would say that uh, uh, definitely between now and the end of the year, uh, we will go from starving student mode, uh, having no resources and having to use sweat equity and creativity for anything we want to do to be able to use uh, some financial resources the, the more normal way um, uh, as the different pieces of our uh, ecosystem come together. So uh, the reason that funding is such a tricky thing is because of securities legislation. Whenever uh, there's any money changing hands between one party to another, uh, you usually set up a security and uh, then there's all these thorny issues. Okay, uh, is, is, it, is it a company? Okay, who owns it? Who are the shareholders? What? Of the duties to investors, who are the users, uh, any regulations that apply. Uh, it, it just all gets uh, messy. And so thankfully, um, now that we're two, almost two and a half years in, um, and Epic itself is pure as the driven snow um, with a, a, a virgin birth, no ICO, no pre-mine, not a company, no BCs, um, we have a little more flexibility in some of the other pieces of the stack to do things a more uh, a traditional way, because uh, it's not uh, not so important. Basically, um, everything we want to do going forward, can you imagine if, if we were like XRP and Ripple, where we have uh, the, the government aiming a sniper rifle at our head constantly, and we're trying to go about our lives and build, you know, do-do-do-do-do. I wonder when there's going to be a 50 caliber bullet flying toward my head at 3,000 feet per second. Uh, and it could happen at any moment. Uh, I don't want to live under that kind of stress. Um, so the fact that Epic is is our bedrock uh, means that we can uh, take a little more liberty in some other things. Like you know, if if the SEC has a problem with anything we do on E zero, okay, sure, send a letter to the lawyers and they'll work it out. It doesn't <laughs> mess up the rest.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm really glad you brought that up actually, because as soon as you mentioned the word funding, a light bulb off went off in my head and, and turned on. And obviously that was to do with, you know, the security related discussions that we've had numerous times in the community. Um, And I know that you've mentioned about the score that we got on the Crypto Ratings Council of approximately minus 155 or something along those lines. Would, would, Would those sort of scores be impacted at all at this point by getting some sort of funding to support the project? No, not at all. Okay, fantastic. Show's over. (laughs) No, I mean that's brilliant. But 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 who would but who
2: would be but who would be funding what? So as an example, I'm preparing a deck right now for Freeman Express, the Fiat on and off ramp. So investors buying shares in Freeman Express to offer services to the Epic community um, doesn't have anything to do with the actual uh epic free software itself even though the presence and existence of freeman express um, uh, multiplies the value of epic dramatically so you can see how we have kind of a um, an an oblique approach uh or an indirect impact on um epic itself epic is designed so that there are no uh no investors no shareholders it's impossible to uh invest in uh, the enterprise of epic uh, if somebody wants to invest in epic they can just go uh, go go buy the coins. Uh, that's that's by design. So uh, the investment that is coming into our ecosystem is uh, into different buckets. Um, there's about a dozen startups that uh, are uh, in various uh, stages of germination, um, and then the actual uh, the the other protocols of of the stack. Um, some of those are suitable uh, for VC support as well. So for example, Eon, Epicenter, Open Network are equivalent of Ethereum. I am is designed to be very investable um, by institutions because we need their uh, their support. So essentially, if we cut them in for a little bit of uh, our uh, of of our rewards as we grow, then we get their support and they can uh, can open some doors. Uh, a peek behind the curtain. A uh, big part of the reason that Epic is still only a dollar, despite being so great, is that um, institutional investors. Uh, imagine uh, the thousand digital asset hedge funds as an example, edge and venture funds, um, they don't custody their own coins. It's not like they go and set up a wallet and write down their seed words on a piece of paper. They use outsourced custody solutions from companies like Anchorage and Copper and Fireblocks and Medico. And since uh, Epic is not supported by any of those, then no matter how much they like the story, how great uh, our uh, tech is, how great uh, the investment thesis is, how much money they can make, none of that matters because that one box isn't checked, which is, can I custody this thing? So uh, the minute that they can custody it, then some of those people that are aware and do wanna buy, uh, and I'm sure there must be some, they will be able to, Um, and so, uh, part of the synergy that comes from uh, the ecosystem activity is that the banking partner for Freeman Express that does the fiat conversion—it's called Ibanera, I-B-A-N-E-R-A dot if you want to check it out—they um, uh, uh, have a relationship with Fireblocks, the custody provider. And I was talking to them the other day, and they said, uh, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna lean on Fireblocks to get them to add you to custody." And I was like, "Excuse me? Are you kidding me?" Because I called those guys. <laughs> Uh, over a year ago, and they they, they said almost <laughs> verbatim. They said, uh, "Where when was this?" I think it was. Um, I think it was like. Uh, early, mid, you know, oh, no, summer, summer 2021. So summer 2021, they said, listen, uh, we have uh, 500 million in VC funding. Uh, we have people offering us $10 million to add us to their, uh, to, to our system. Uh, you're a little shrimp. Uh, we, you know, we don't care. You, you don't even matter. Like, don't bother us, little dog. Uh, I mean, so arrogant and condescending. You, you can't even imagine, or maybe, <laughs> maybe you can, but, uh, being called a shitcoin scammer every day for uh, you know ten thousand times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome, welcome to my life uh, for years. So, uh, uh, so anyway, they were very dismissive and basically said, "They said, look, if you get to a billion dollar market cap, if and you pay us millions of dollars, we might thinking of, we might think about adding you. Call us in Q3 of 2023." That was what they said last year. They said, we're booked up for two years. Don't call us, we'll call you, click goodbye. And it took months to even get that phone call so uh like wow. because there's only a few companies in uh that very specific niche if you if, if you want to sell your toothpaste at walmart then you got to go to <clears throat> bentonville arkansas and uh make a pilgrimage to the uh to the buyers there and, and persuade them to put your toothpaste on the shelf and so it's the same thing here they have the market power uh and and i thought that door was closed which is why we've been working on uh copper part of why trillions is so so strategic is a lot of these guys that wouldn't uh that won't give us the time of day uh, wearing the epic hat when we're wearing the trillions hat. Oh, wow, you can solve our marketing problem. Very interesting, let's talk. So we, we have copper very interested. Uh, I've probably talked to them, I think six times now. <clears throat> The only problem is their uh, their ask is a half a million dollars uh, to move wow. it to the front of the stack. Yeah, because that's what these VC funded uh, uh, startups do is they throw money at stuff. So they were like, look, you know, your story sounds great, but Near just paid us a half a million dollars to add them. And there's others like that behind it. So how can I persuade my bosses to add you? And you're saying you can't pay me anything when we could go charge these guys a half a million dollars. And that's just the start. They, they It was uh, half a million dollars plus... Two hundred thousand dollars a month in expected revenue stream uh, from the uh, the clients once oh. they add it. So the overall, so the yeah, so the overall number was closer to three million. So when Ibanera said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna call our buddies at Fireblocks and just tell them to add you," <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Oh my God, oh, wow!" So it hasn't happened yet, and I don't want to count uh, count the chickens before they hatch. Um, but a lot of times, this uh, lateral out of the box uh, thinking. Is what it takes to uh, uh, to get these roadblockers solved.
0: <laughs> wow! I mean, when you hear stories like that, it um, it blows your mind a little bit. At the level of, um... oh, I won't go there. I'll just I'll just skip over that part. We we'll, we'll focus on positivity for now. Um, I just had actually a question on E one again. Um, obviously, we've got Epic on Vitex. I'm assuming that we would see E one on Vitex pretty sharpish after it became uh, you know became available
2: mm mm-hmm. yep, absolutely okay,
0: okay. and um, just a just a question on epic as well um, just going back to epic cash is there any other decentralized exchanges that we're in talks with at the moment or or that are proposing to list our token at all
2: yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, uh good catch, very important distinction. So, uh, uh again, not holding my breath and it's impossible to predict timelines on this, but uh we've been banging our head against the wall for Probably three years now. I remember talking to those guys before we even started, um, uh, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, Komodo. Uh, so K O M O D O has this uh, really neat thing. It's a shame it doesn't get more uh, more usage. Called Atomic Decks, and so they offer an atomic swap, uh, atomic swap based. Uh, trading experience, I think they have uh, 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 they have the UTXO chains, so like BTC, uh, Doge, uh, Dash, Decred, Digibyte, Zcash, Litecoin. Uh, they don't have Monero yet. That one's a, a little wonky. Uh, when Anytime your tech is different than everything else, it creates a barrier. Uh, that's part of why Monero has uh, kind of stalled out and uh, can't get integrated into places. So uh, those UTXO chains, like I just mentioned, and then the ERC20 Uh, universe, also the BEP 20 universe, Binance Smart Chain, and they also have uh, Qdum, which is QRC20, not a lot of usage, but uh, <clears throat> I think it's uh, 400 million market cap or something. It got up to a few billion in the last cycle. So that's the other thing is uh, is the long tail um, and having a differentiated offering. If you want to, if you care about Qdum and not many people do, but if you do, then there's not a lot of options uh, because it's kind of uh, kind of obscure. Whereas if you want to talk about Chainlink or something, um, everybody has. So the competition is much fiercer for an asset like Chainlink than it is for Qtom itself or a QRC20 token um, trading on Qtom. So I think uh, that getting uh, Epic and E1 and EUSD and EMPL and all of our stuff into these other chain ecosystems gives us a way to help those chains be more relevant to more people and creates a, a link between um, us and them. There's no reason that somebody can't be a, a Qtum enthusiast as well as an Epic enthusiast and uh, cross-pollinate. And I think we can get some of these chain ecosystems to uh, get there in the their ore in the water
0: and row and help support us, or at least that's my hope. Sure. So, I mean... Could we? Uh, I don't want to use the word expect. So, um, you know, what what are your thoughts on the potential of having another Dex this year? For I don't want to put any pressure on. So, if you know, if you're if you have no idea, then that, that's completely fair enough. We can't control a third parties, so I have no idea. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Well, I know today is kind of evolved into a Q&A between myself and you, Max. So, um, you know, and maybe that's a reflection of us all as a community needing to learn a little bit more about E1 and, um, you know, the, uh, the considerations behind it. But would anyone like to chime in on any questions at all or?
3: Yeah. Um, I have one more uh, question on E1. So, um. How does, how does the wrapping process work? Like, does it doesn't happen. I don't think it happens on, like, the mobile wallet. Does it happen on, like, Avalanche or maybe in the process of sending Epic to, like, Ethereum or something like that? You get – you wrap it. Like, is that – do we know how that looks like yet? Or I don't know. Max, can you describe yeah, it? Yeah, so, so
2: I recommend going to uh, – <clears throat> excuse me. I recommend going – hold on. I'm going to go mute so I can cough here. Give me one second. So I'd recommend going to Renbridge uh, or uh, WANbridge and actually trying it out to uh, see how it works. Axelar is another one um, that's that's very interesting. So I would just go play with it to uh, see for yourself how it works. But essentially what you do is you send a transaction from, uh, from one chain um, to another and uh, you need to sign a transaction there. Um, It's a little bit clunky and involves a few steps. Um, this is when I mentioned the trade-offs between different approaches. Um, some of the user experience uh, uh, considerations um, re- really matter um, in terms of, like, you don't really know what to uh, to optimize for. A lot of purists, uh, cypherpunk guys, and I would definitely uh, say my uh, sensitivities lie here. Okay, well, we don't want to have any trust anywhere. We don't want to have any centralization anywhere, we want it as decentralized as possible and, and we don't want trust anywhere in sight. Well, if you do that, then you've just uh, pushed those trade-offs to uh, other parts of the overall chain, which is only uh, uh, as, as strong as its weakest link. So I remember seeing something called Jelly Swap about a year, maybe two ago. And I was like, oh my God, this thing is amazing. Uh, it enables chain to chain, non-custodial, decentralized, permissionless, uh, this is amazing. But it was like seven steps. I saw their flow chart. And I was like, oh, damn. OK, like just because I can hop in the, in, in the ocean and swim to Australia doesn't mean I can actually swim to Australia because that is just way too <laughs> friction laden. That's too many steps.
3: Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Um, yeah, all right. Thanks for breaking that down. And I'll uh, I'll look at some uh, smart, I guess, one chain or Acceler. I'll look at those places.
0: Okay, well, thanks for that, Levy. It was a you know really useful question there, um, and I think we're probably probably best to start wrapping this up for today then. So, to just give you a, a few quick updates from myself, I'll actually be hosting a show with uh, somebody called Brian Demint tomorrow afternoon at four pm Eastern time. I posted this in the Telegram group a few days ago, but just to reiterate, so Brian is actually the author of a book called Bitcoin Evangelism, and. I'm looking forward to, you know, be able to interact with him across uh, Twitter spaces and I'll actually look forward to his thoughts on Bitcoin Core and get his thoughts on fungibility, privacy, scalability. And, you know, all of the areas that we discuss as Epic Cash as being the limitations of the Bitcoin Core network and blockchain and and the um, apparent P2P electronic cash system that it provides and this will actually be my first podcast with someone outside of the Epic Cash community. And you know, like I mentioned, I'm looking forward to the, the discussion and the challenge. So if you'd like to tune into that, then by all means. And if you have any ideas and suggestions on anything else you would bring up apart from the limitations of the Lightning Network, the privacy, the scalability, the fungibility, then by all means, drop me a DM and I'll, I'll be um, I'll definitely consider putting it into tomorrow's podcast. Now for the next update i'm actually really excited we've got obviously bad wolf kim on the call and we'll be hosting together the first passion for epic episode series tomorrow at 7 p.m eastern and the first episode will be kim taking us through one of her individual security related projects that she's been working ever so hard on over the last few months so you know i'm really looking forward for her to be able to share her story and her project with you in a in a way that supports her Epic Fund Me initiative and, and acts as a supporting mechanism for that. So again, please do, please do tune into that and listen on repeats if you can. And lastly from me, um, as I think I mentioned last week, myself and Uncle V, or, or Uncle V and I, I should say, I'll be jumping on Uncle V's show early for early next week for our second show. And we'll be going through a number of topics, including the best bits of the first five episodes of Twitter Spaces that we've all completed together as a community. So again, as I've mentioned a few times, come and join us for the live show for that. It should, be, it should be good fun. So if you're new to Epic Cash, come and join the community at t.me forward slash Epic Cash and make sure to come and join on episode seven next week at the same time, 2 p.m. Eastern, the poll for... The topic of episode seven will most likely be posted tomorrow. And if you've got any ideas on future topics that you think would be valuable and interesting to discuss in a future episode, just drop me a DM on Telegram or Twitter and I'll add you to the Epic Cash Twitter Spaces Telegram so that you can share these ideas. Thank you for tuning in today to every one of you. I hope you all really enjoyed it. Have a great weekend and I'll speak with you all next week. Okay, cheers guys.